Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to today's episode of Locked On Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. My name is Nick Bondi. You can follow me on Twitter at Nick Bondi. I'm joined, as always, by my brilliant co-host, Lachlan Irvin. You can follow him on Twitter at Lachlan the Pre- uh, Crease. Sorry. Uh, he's a Botchford Project alum. Lachlan, it's the most wonderful time of the year, the start of meaningful hockey for the Vancouver Canucks. Today. Tonight. Yeah. But today. It total- yeah, it is. We, we got our first NHL games yesterday. Uh, Canucks start tonight. It's the... It's the the, the 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 time of optimism and just and all and the time of just we're going 82 and 0 82 and 0 it's the yeah all the optimism in the world and you're just waiting to see how they screw it up this time <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's how it goes kinda, every year does it not that's how it goes being Canucks fan you, you have the optimism and then it's like after probably a week okay how are they gonna screw it up this time that's probably yeah. a good way to describe I'll, it uh I'll, I'll never forget the one year, like a couple, I think, I think it would have been like 2016, 17, where they win their first four and you're thinking, oh, they might actually do something. They might actually be okay this year. And then they immediately go and lose nine yeah. in a row. So <laughs> and that was immediately fall off right after. It's like, oh, that's, that's what, that's what they were, what I, more what I expected from this team. Okay. Carry yeah, on. Well, well, hopefully that doesn't happen this year. Cause there's actually expectations uh, around this team surrounding uh, this team and, and the Vancouver yes. organization as a whole. So we'll get into that. We'll start the episode today with our connect specific season preview yesterday uh, on our, uh, on our podcast. You can go listen to that to the very end. We did a, uh, we did our NHL like league-wide uh, season previews. We got in a very spirited discussion about the New York Islanders. I was not expecting that <laughs> heading into the uh, heading into the recording that day. So uh, I've had that twice off- now. I've done that twice now, where I've had I've had spirited conversations in the last like day about the Islanders. Who, who, who was the other guy? The other guy was Cody. It was Cody you're, on my other show, The Crease you're, Cast. You're, you're cheating on me. You're cheating on me emotionally with Cody. You're having the exact same conversation. It is an open podcasting relationship. Yes. You knew this yeah. from the beginning. Uh, <laughs> no, no Cody, Cody's a good guy. Cody's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, so, well, yeah, we'll start with uh, our Canuck-specific uh, season preview. Uh, we'll talk about the plan for the provincial government. If everything goes according to plan, the home opener for the Vancouver Canucks in a couple of weeks could have full capacity. Canucks right now. Only team in the NHL with limited capacity. And uh, we'll, end the, uh, we'll end the podcast with a little preview of tonight's game against the Edmonton Oilers. But right off the top, Lachlan, you know, the, the Vancouver Canucks, you mentioned it just a, a few moments ago. They have expectations surrounding this season, legitimate expectations to make the playoffs. Uh, it, would be, it would be an abject failure, I think, in a lot of ways if this team didn't make the playoffs. Uh, this season uh but let's start with who you think lachlan your team mvp is going to be for the 2021-22 vancouver canucks let's start there well if they're going to make the playoffs it's going to be thatcher demko because right now you look at that right side defense you look at the defense actually as a whole really right now and you don't really see a group that is able to uh help uh insulate a goaltender as well as they could they are very reliant, as we saw last year, as we saw the year before, 
on getting absolutely incredible performances out of their goaltending to win a lot of games. And for quite a long time, they've been able to do that. Like just going, you know, you can go back to basically 2007 with this group of team of with uh, this team and having goaltenders like Luongo, like Corey Schneider, like Ryan Miller, you go down the list of guys who have had to bail out a lot of defensive teams, a lot of more defensive of teams that struggled on in defense and, uh, and to win games. And right now, this group needs it more than ever. Demko is going to be facing a lot of shots. He's going to be facing uh, stiff competition from the rest of the NHL uh, in terms of who is just going to pepper him with the most with the most shots a night. And we saw last year that he's capable of doing that on a regular basis. Like, I think a lot of people, including myself, were worried that the uh, Vegas games that he had, the, the incredible Vegas games that basically won him the starting job, um, uh, were maybe like a two, a flash in the pan and not enough of like a window to really show you how good he is on a regular basis. But honestly, he did that for a lot of last year. He was able to play in those heavy shot games and still come out with a lot of wins and not looking too fatigued out of it. And I think that the Canucks, if they're going to make the playoffs, it's going to be because they get that kind of goaltending from Thatcher Demko again, because boy, do they need it right now. What about you? I think my team MVP is going to have to be Elias Patterson. You think about his last season and it was not up the, up the standards, not only because let's see, it's a down year for, you know, pretty much everyone on the Vancouver Canucks. Let's be real. But he got injured in March, and, you know, we never really saw him again. The last time we saw Elias Patterson play a meaningful game of ho- hockey was last March. It, it's It's been a while. So I think for Elias Patterson this season, I think he has to step up, and I think he will, and I think he will be the best player on the Vancouver Canucks this season. They need him to be a beast on the power play again. They need him to step up on that one-timer and, and, get, and get a bunch of goals on the power play. Power play has to be clicking this year for this team to be good. I think he's going to have to be a beast five on five play that two-way defensive game that I think he's capable of and I think just in general they need Elias Patterson to be that kind of stud number one center that we saw not only in his rookie season but in the 1920 season in the bubble as well pretty much his whole career besides you know most of last season the uh the Canadian division season so for from for my choice of team MVP it's easy it's it's Elias Patterson if if Elias Patterson plays at a team MVP level or just in general an MVP level, the Canucks are going to have success this season. I don't think there's any question about it, but he has to play at MVP level. Can he do it? I think he can. Yeah. I think Patterson is capable of it. What's nice is for this year anyway, is that uh, Patterson's going to have a little bit of extra help than he had in the last few. He has his chase on. That's his help. Yes. That is, that was exactly who I was thinking of. Um, and yeah, I think with, yeah, Pedersen is not going to have to carry the group as much on his shoulders this year, which is very nice for him. It might free him up to frankly do, to make more, to, to cause more damage. Just the fact that he's not going to have to be so it, it's the, the offense isn't going to be so reliant as reliant on him. So it frees him up to be a little bit more comfortable with the puck and be a little bit more. Or a little less worried if he's a multi-point light or something. Uh, you got Connor Garland here now. You have uh, not, uh, a second year uh, in facil- in uh, Nils Hoaglander. You got Facility Put Colson coming in as the rookie. Uh, you have you have a lot more options at your disposal uh, in terms of how of how to score. That is going to make Patterson's life a lot easier, and that's a good thing. 
Yeah. So Lachlan, who are your, this is going to be, you know, very specific, but who are you going to be your team leaders in goals and who are you going to be the team leader in assists by the end of the 82 game season? I think with goals, I gotta, I gotta give it to, to Pedersen. I think he's going to get a lot of, I think he's going to get a lot more opportunity this year, especially based on last year. Uh, like you mentioned, power play time. I think he's coming in. I think he's coming in very hungry to prove, that last year uh, was uh, was a was a fluke for him, and just how rough that luck was for him. Uh, how many posts he hit during last season? A ridiculous amount of posts. A ridiculous and amount of posts. I, I, a record amount, if I remember correctly. Um, he did. He he really did just have the most rotten luck. And this year, I think a lot of those shots that might have hit the post last year are going to start going in again. Plus, I think he's going to come in a little bit fresher and a little bit more energized. Uh, this year um, assists. I think it's, I think your guy is still Quinn Hughes. I think, I think Quinn Hughes is the, the playmaker guy is the playmaker on defense. He's clearly uh, so good at, at facilitating the puck. He's good. He's so good at, um, he's so good at seeing the ice just uh, like a few steps ahead and being able to make plays with, with, uh, with, with such ease around uh, like for around other players and, he and he's able to work with a with everybody. Like it's not just a case of oh he's only assisting on this guy's goals or like to or only it only works when he's playing with again on the same on the ice with this other guy. He can make he can make just about any player on the ice an offensive threat just by how far ahead he's thinking when he's on the ice. So uh, this is probably going to be uh, a, a bit of a boring answer, but. I agree. It's not make for good podcasting, but uh, I agree with the goals, your goals take uh, of Elias Pettersson. You know, he's going to get, obviously get a ton of power play time. The luck is going to get reversed in terms of the post. He's obviously going to get a ton of time at five on five. And I think people, again, he got injured last season. People have not seen this guy play for a while. I think we're, we're almost Vancouver Mark is almost sleeping on Elias Pettersson to a certain extent, right? Like we did not see him play much of last season. So we forget how good this guy is and how good his shot can be uh, for assists. I'm going a, a bit, a bit off the board here. I, I do like your Quinn Hughes take, but I'm going with JT Miller just because I think JT Miller will be playing with Elias Pedersen at five on five, pretty much the whole season. And I think you, and on a power play as well, maybe Quinn Hughes doesn't play every shift five on five with Elias Pedersen just because of the matchup game that Travis Green wants to play. But I think JT Miller will. And I think he's going to rack up the assists playing with Elias Pedersen, not only five on five, but obviously on the first power play unit as well. I could have said Quinn Hughes. I think the logical choice would have been Quinn Hughes, but to be honest, it would have made for boring podcasting. We both said the same thing. So I'm going a bit off the board, and I'm going with JT Miller. I think, again, again, we saw it in that Edmonton, and we'll get to our preview of tonight's game against the Edmonton Oilers uh, a bit later. But I just remember in that game, Travis Green purposely trying to play Quinn Hughes away from Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I didn't see the same thing with Elias Pettersson. I saw, you know, Elias Pettersson playing against McDavid and not and Travis Green not being afraid to play with McDavid. And JT Miller was on that line. So I think JT Miller can rack up the assists playing with Elias Pettersson pretty much the entire game, whether that's with a man badge or at five on five. Yeah, I think I think Miller's going to get a lot of good opportunities. I could definitely see him uh, in that com- in that conversation as well. 
Um, I will say I will throw in another name for the goal for the goals uh, option as well. A little bit, I guess, a little bit of a dark horse, uh, considering he is uh, currently out of the lineup right now uh, with an injury. But Brock Besser, I mm-hmm. I I think Brock Besser is a guy who uh, I who I would also say is people have been sleeping on, particularly outside of um, outside of uh, the, the 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 Vancouver market. I think um, it's. Besser is a, such a good, a great goal scorer, and he has such a great shot. And I, I think last year in particular, I think he was, I think he showed in a lot of ways that even without having Elias Pettersson on the ice with him, that he can make things happen and that he can be a game breaker. Because I think for some people that they felt that disappeared after a while, and that because he was playing with Pettersson, he was not, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't be- being the game breaker guy that he used to be kind of thing. And was more just the supporting cast uh, and including Canucks management. It seems like at times considering how many times his name seems to be out there in trade rumors. Um, but no, he is a very good, he is a very special hockey player in the way that he's able to put the puck in the net. And I think you're going to see the Canucks lean on that a little bit more this year. I think you're going to see him kind of, I think you're going to see a bit of a almost a, a, a renaissance for for Brock Besser this year, if that's even possible. Because he was probably he was a team MVP last year, right? He he was he was a team MVP last year. I think this year he's just going to get the uh, the value of having a fully healthy team and not having to play and not having to play through a COVID pandemic or COVID yeah, outbreak, and hopefully just um, a better team in general. And hopefully just a better team in general. Yeah, I think I think Besser's going to have. Uh, a big year this year just based on that on all that alone yeah so Lachlan the the final moment of truth our final predictions for how this Canucks season is going to go now if you listen to the Locked On NHL preview show you will have heard both of our predictions already I assume none of ours both of ours have not changed because mine hasn't uh my, my official prediction is this the Canucks will finish third in Pacific Division they will face the Edmonton Oilers in the first round and they will beat the Edmonton Oilers in the first round, because Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl lack the clutch gene, and they don't know how to win the playoffs. Okay. <laughs> wow, that's a bold take to make on the you first gotta, you day gotta of the year. Play, you got to be able to play defense in the playoffs. Does McDavid play defense? I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen I, it yet. I thought I was making a hot take just by saying they would finish second. Uh, they would finish second in the Pacific. That's a that is bold. That's out there, man. Uh, that that reminds winning I, a playoff I, I, round is bold. Uh, winning, winning. Here's the thing: it's it to say that on the before the playoffs is one thing. To say that on day one of the year is always <laughs> is so dangerous. All I think about is that one tweet that I I, I think it it must have been an Oilers fan that sent this. It's like it's like uh, where it was like first day of the season in in which means Calgary fans should start dusting their rear view mirrors yeah. off or something. Right. And sure enough, they went just down the tubes. They were so bad. And everyone dunked on that tweet after like all of every single like Calgary fan was like Duncan was like dunking on it after. I always, am just like, I can't make that. Pred- no playoff predictions well, from I, me on I'm day a, I one. I guess I'm a braver man that. than you. I guess I'm a braver. You man are than a braver you. man than me. You are a braver man than me. I didn't, I did say last year that I thought maybe the Canuck, that I thought the Canucks would finish in fourth in the Pacific just so they would play Toronto 
and then win in the first round because that, that was Toronto. my that, that was what I said too. Just all my goal is to beat Toronto the first. I want to be the team that beats Toronto the first round of the playoffs. It would have been very funny, and the Canucks probably would have done it because they 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 they. I mean, they, they did know it how after to win the playoffs. COVID outbreaks. They yeah. know how to win they, the playoffs. They sure seem to know how to do that. Yeah, at least this, which is unusual for the for this team. Um, but. Yeah, I think overall, I think, yeah, I think second is the high, the highest ceiling. I think we're, no one's under, I don't think anyone here is under the impression that they're going to pass Vegas in the standings, especially you saw them last night. That team is uh, stacked. And, uh, but I do think that it's well within their sight. It's well within the realm of possibility that they can get around the Oilers. Um, it, I, I think those two are kind of just going to be connected at the hip for a lot of the year. It could where it's just going to be like one or two points of difference every single every like every week or so. It's not going to make a huge uh, difference, and that's going to bleed into a, a potential playoff battle. So we'll see how that goes. So just to say, your your official prediction is second in the Pacific and beat the Oilers in the first round as well. Sure, let's okay, go with we'll, that. All right, we're gonna we're gonna mark that down uh, as Lachlan's official prediction. So obviously. I'm already prepared for you to like single mine out and then be like, wow, Oilers fans, look at this guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, you know what? I may just do that. It's to flex some uh, attention off me. I, I have enough oh. attention from from Leafs fans out there just for me being the self-proclaimed uh, number one Leafs hater uh, on hockey I, Twitter. I try. I And I just try to stay away, to stay out of that stuff because I don't need that <laughs> noise. <laughs> So but yeah, I, oh, I, I guess too late. I guess now. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mind it when it comes from a delusional Leafs fans. But uh, so the by the time the Canucks home opener is, it's going to be you know a couple of weeks from now, uh, October twenty sixth. Uh, we could have full capacity for that game if everything goes according to cl- uh, plan. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But before we do that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor, Built Bar. Do you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is truly something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorite flavors. They have great flavors like coconut, cherry barcia, mint brownie, classic flavors like strawberry, orange, cookies and cream. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And not only are Built Bar flavors delicious, but they're nutritious. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180 and only 4 to 5 grams of sugar. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% at built.com. Okay, so the home opener for the Vancouver Canucks. October 26th versus the Minnesota Wild. Uh, yesterday, Dr. Bonnie Henry, the provincial health officer here in the province of British Columbia, says BC will make a decision allowing full capacity for sporting events by the end of the week. She says, quote, the intent was always to go to 100% capacity when full vaccination was required. The Canucks home opener October 26th will be two days after fans have to be fully, fully vaccinated to attend sporting events. Now, obviously, that just it's not just sporting events. Anywhere, restaurants, bars, uh, casinos, any sort of these kind of non-mandatory places in BC are going to have to be fully vaccinated to attend 
by October 24th. Now, I don't think it's any coincidence that the Vancouver Canucks scheduled their home opener two days after uh, this happened. This was planned, or it might be planned to, to happen, right? You know, they are. We mentioned off the top, Canucks right now only NHL rink where it's not full capacity. They obviously want to make want to make money, so they schedule it two days after this was the uh, like October 24th deadline. Again, not really surprised there, but uh, Lachlan, you actually have been to one of these preseason games with half capacity. With the uh, you know everyone has to have at least one dose of the COVID nineteen vaccine, masks up, all all that. Uh, what you you've been there, you've experienced it. Right, would you be okay with this full capacity at, if everyone has to be fully vaccinated? Yeah, I think with fully uh, vaccinated crowd, there's obviously there's you know there's still going to be risks involved with that. There's still going to be uh, concerns and and you know about how the how they're planning to uh, make sure that everybody who gets in is uh, is uh, fully vaccinated and everything. You uh, you I imagine that'll involve actually like scanning the the, the health gateway pass and everything the the the, the BC Vax passport. Um, I I think uh, I think you know you're going to see a lot of people who are probably skeptical about going in for the first time uh, right away to a full to a fully vaccinated crowd. And honestly, even in a fully vaccinated crowd, that's fine. Like that makes sense. It's it's been a weird year, a uh, year and a half really for ever, for all of us. And I don't blame anyone in the slightest for having that kind of like hesitation about going to that. But you're right. I do think the Canucks, uh, I don't know if the Canucks necessarily knew the the date that BC was going to set on that, uh, on that plan to get vaccinated when the schedule was being made. But I definitely do think that you're right in the sense of, uh, why the Canucks are on a six-game road trip to start the year is because they it's wanted to It's a bit of insurance leave. to start the season yeah. so they can make sure they get full capacity for home games, yeah. right? They wanted to leave as much time as possible for them to get uh, to be able to get a fully vaccinated crowd in the door. Even if it didn't happen, they're like, well, at least we, gave two, we got an extra two weeks to make sure. Because um, I think outside of them, I think they I think they start on the road the longest out of the year outside of only the Islanders. Simply yeah, thirteen because the game Islanders road arena trip. Arena is ready. Yeah, thirteen game road the, trip to start the season. That's what brutal. a that that it, it, on one on one it, in a way it's brutal, but in a way it's also like oh you get a bunch of home games yeah. at the end of the year. That's awesome. Didn't the Canucks um, have a super long road trip around the uh, twenty ten Paralympics as well, or Olympics? They, did. they had like a yeah super long road trip long- because Olympics. Longest road trip in NHL history because it technically had to span uh, across the Olympics to afterwards too because they needed enough time to like take all the signage down, all the all the everything down, and re- re- and do the arena, put the arena back to normal. Um, so yeah, it that was a long one. That was like technically, I guess, like over a month, over a month and a half. Like it was a weird time, um, but. Yeah, I think I think it's going to take some time for people to get used to coming back to arenas again. Um, obviously, the mask mandate is still going to be in place, so you still have to wear a mask at the at the games right now. And uh, but I think you know, for most people, if they can go into a game uh, knowing that everyone's a hundred percent vaccinated, uh, they'll feel a lot more. the The mask mandate will feel like nothing, and it'll be just the fact that they can sit and watch a hockey game again, and that's going to be great for a lot of people. Yeah, I think I think you said perfectly, you know, for the past year and a half, we've been avoiding crowds, been told to avoid crowds, trying to go out of our way to avoid crowded areas, right? That's what people have been t- saying. They don't go into crowds and, you know, it's going to take a while. It's going to be weird for a lot of people, I think, for 
a hockey game to have full attendance or any of these or you know indoor events to have full attendance people are gonna have to get used to it and that's okay some people are gonna be you know take take a bit longer to get used to these full capacities again right uh, at the same time look this i I, I have no problem going to a full capacity arena if I know everyone has to be fully vaccinated, right? Like I think, I think by the time you op- you have the ma- the uh, mandatory double vaccination mandate, which is going to be October twenty fourth, so uh, eleven days eleven days from now, open it up. I won't go to bar. You'll be able to go to bars if you have to be fully vaccinated. Just open open up capacity limits. I have no problem going to these events if I know everyone's going to be vaccinated right i don't think that that is an issue for for me personally again there's going to be a few people out there who are a bit nervous and fair enough you know it, it's been a while since a lot of people have been in a crowded crowded building so it's going to take a while for those people to get adjusted and they can take as much time as they want for me personally i have no problem going to a, a canucks game if i know everyone's going to be uh fully vaccinated yeah, I think, and you know what, like, there's going to be, like, there, you know, there's still the chance you might get sick. Like, that's something we should, you know, you should all, yeah. you should keep in mind. Sure. But eventually there does come a point where, yeah. you know, you have to, you have Look, to. We're all, we're all get getting COVID-19. I, I hate to burst anyone's bubble listening to this podcast, but uh, we're all going to get COVID-19 at, at some point in our lives. So when, when you do, you, you might as well be double vaccinated so you don't end up in a hospital. Yeah, you, you end up you end up asymptomatic, hopefully. Yeah. And, you know, there's obviously the case of like, even after the pan, even after the pandemic's done, that's there's not, you know, it could be maybe it's just you can get sick, you can go to a game and maybe end up with the flu or something yeah. like that. Like, who that's has, just what happens not being to a bar. And then the next day, you kind of have the sniffles or something like that. That's happened or, to me a bunch yeah, of times. Or get or get on an airplane. I feel like I get I feel like I yeah. get sick. From, Especially from airplanes, flying on an airplane more air. than, yeah, flying on an airplane more than any other thing. Um, it is, uh, yeah. So, but you eventually you still have to be able to live through to live life again and start doing things again. And sometimes it's about taking that leap back to being comfortable in those situations again. So, yeah, hopefully people, uh, hopefully maybe maybe people might still take their time getting back like the for the next month or so, but hopefully eventually they make their way back in this season. Yeah. And with, you know, a, a fully vaccinated crowd, again, I wouldn't feel, I wouldn't feel anything at all in terms of, you know, trepidation or anything. If everyone's fully vaccinated, that's, yeah. that's fine with me. Right. Personally. But again, it's going to take a, a, some people just a bit longer to get used to it. We haven't been in fully crowded buildings for a year and a half. Right. It, it that kind of messes with, some people right so take take as much time as you want but yeah i think you know when it is available hey, go go to next game man it's it's been a while yeah. go go see the, the yeah, kind of treat yourself here you've it's, been you've sport, been you've been struggling for a while go for it yeah you know what this has not been sponsored by francesco aquilini but hey go go to a game go to canucks game. go buy a ticket i think the <laughs> team's gonna be this team's gonna be pretty decent this year and they're gonna be the entertaining canucks, at least they will be at we, least for the most part entertaining i think for maybe the right yeah. reasons and for maybe yeah. the wrong reasons that last the year of- they, last year was terrible because they were not only bad they were also not fun to watch they were not yeah, fun to watch it, last year it, this year will be they'll even if they lose at least they'll be entertaining well <laughs> I, I just i just remember tweeting out during those weird games when they were playing at noon and like 
the playoffs would happen, you know, a few hours later where the NHL just kind of scheduled these games in to kind of hide the fact that they're still playing uh, regular season games in the uh, for the uh, from the COVID-19 outbreak for the Canucks. And I just remember tweeting out like, why are you watching these games? I'm watching these games because I have some weird sense of moral obligation because I'm a podcaster. and I feel like I have to know what I'm talking about. If I didn't have a podcast, I would not have watched those games at all. I would have gone out, enjoyed the sunshine. It was me. It was nice. Yeah, there was. Yeah, we, I've started referring to the to the last season as uh, I don't know if you've ever watched the show Community, but there's this one season. Yeah. Oh, that was so bad. They started they, they they started referring to it as the gas leak year, and that's why I've and that's what I started referring to last season as now as the gas leak year. So yeah. hopefully this is not hopefully this is not that again. I don't think it will be. Oh, yeah, uh, hopefully, not. hopefully not. So uh, game one of the Canucks 82 game season is tonight against the Edmonton Oilers, a team we both expect the Canucks will be battling for a playoff spot in the Pacific Division. We're going to get to our preview of that game in just a minute. But first, a word from our sponsor, betonline.ag. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline where the game starts. And I just want to say tons of cool hockey props and bets like that for betonline.ag. I was checking it out yesterday. Tons of great odds for, you know, the heart, the Norris, all that stuff. So not just football, hockey as well. Okay, so Lachlan, tonight, game one of the 82-game season against the Edmonton Oilers. The Canucks will be at Rogers Place in Edmonton. Uh, I think we know the general game plan for the Vancouver Canucks from this game just from playing the Oilers in the past and in the preseason game as well. I think number one, stay out of the goddamn penalty box. I think that's a, yeah. that should be that should be like stapled to the the wall in the locker room, printed in like size eighty two font. Just nail it down in people's heads. Don't take penalties against this Oilers power play. This Oilers power play, I think by the end of the year, could be the best in the league. So don't take penalties. Yeah, they should just take uh, the visors for every player and essentially make them and make them ones where when the light shines on it in a certain way, it just says "stay out of the box." Yeah, like what? Just always, you're always looking at it through your through your visor um, because yeah, you cannot take penalties against a team that can send out Connor McDavid and Leon Drysidle on every power play. You just can't do that and win games. You have to be able to stay disciplined. The Canucks have done. Uh, I would say a not so great job at staying out of the box at times, especially with the penalty kill that they've had over the last year or so. And um, I think that that's going to be clearly one of their biggest Achilles heel. They don't heels. They don't have the defense to, to kind of compete with those kinds of teams that can just run you, run you into the ground with their power play units um, so they, they just, they have to stay disciplined. I, and honestly, that's what I want to see from the Canucks all year. If I can, I want to see the Canucks be able to play a very disciplined, clean kind of game. Cause I think, cause you win, you win a lot more hockey games that way. You don't win games by taking a lot of penalties. You win games by being clean, making, take, making smart plays to bump people off the puck. That's what you want to see from them. You hope they start with, they start tonight with the biggest test in terms of how in terms of who you most want to don't don't want to take penalties against 
And, and just to clarify for all our listeners, game one of the 82 game season, it doesn't really mean much at by the end of the season. You know, I can remember the beginning of the 2019-20 season, they lost convincingly to the Edmonton Oilers. They ended up having a pretty good year. At They went further in the playoffs than the Oilers. And last season, they won, I think, 5-2 against Edmonton. In Edmonton, both last two, this is the third straight, I believe, home opener that the Canucks are facing Edmonton in Edmonton. And last year, they beat them 5-2. And look how that season turned out. Just went pretty much off the rails immediately after. So it's hard to, you know, generally, it's it's hard to draw conclusions from the first game of the A2 game season. But I can tell you right now, I mean, the Canucks already have, well, first of all, stay out of the penalty box. That's like the number one thing I would say for this game. Just don't take penalties. And secondly, I think the Canucks have a, a decided, decisive advantage in goal if Thatcher Demko over Mike Smith. Uh, I, you know, Mike Smith is how old? 38, 39, 40? He, he's getting up there. Yeah, he's age. 40. I believe he's 40. He's 41. 40 years old. And the Oilers are essentially betting on him to repeat a, a career year once again uh, for them. Because he, he was good last year. I don't think anyone expected Mike Smith to be one of the better goalies uh, in the league last season. And the Oilers brought him. And he, he was, he was last year, the Oilers brought him in as sort of a last ditch goalie because they were in on Jacob Markstrom until the very last moment. He decides to go to provincial rivals Calgary and Edmonton kind of lost that battle of musical chairs and said, well, we need a goalie. Uh, Mike Smith, why don't you just come back? And hey, credit to him. He had a he had a very good year. He was one of the reasons the Oilers finished, I think, second in that Canadian division. And obviously the oh, wheels yeah. kind of fell off in, in the playoffs against the Jets when they got swept. But I think still the Canucks have a decisive advantage in goal with, with Thatcher Demko, right? And they got to take advantage of that. Yeah, Thatcher Demko is your is your meal ticket. He's going to be the guy that can uh, win you a lot of games, steal them, and steal a lot of games against even teams like that, like the Oilers, so that have the the offensive power that they do. And uh, you you should have the advantage in net. I do believe that Demko is the better goalie of the two, of the two. I don't think that's a I don't think that's a hot take by any stretch. Uh, but Mike Smith is capable of getting pretty hot at the right times. And he did that last year. Um, this season, I think, is going to be a little different because of the 82-game schedule because they can't, uh, you know, you can't, you you have to, you have to expect that it's going to be a little bit of a tougher year for him coming off of last season and just having played a lot last year. I think, I think you got, I think you're going to, I think you, if you're the Canucks, you need to pepper him with a lot of shots early. You need to push him off, the push the confidence off of him as quickly as you can. And, I think this is an Oilers team that's coming in a little fragile after last year, just like in that mentality of geez, like, and the, and the fans as well, considering they didn't even get to, they didn't get to see any of those games live. They just saw their team. Well, it's a a situation where the Oilers, it doesn't really matter what they do in the regular season. It's going to be based off what they do in the playoffs, right? I think we all expect them to be a playoff team with McDavid and Dreisaitl, but you know, they, they're playing 82 games to see where they end up in the playoffs, and then their season actually starts, right? It can be tough to get motivated for every single game when that's the case, right? Yeah. It, yeah, You, it, it's a cliche, but you got to take the crowd out early here. Like, this is a, this is going to be a, this is going to be a nervous crowd, I think, in a lot of ways. Like, they're going to be very excited because they're seeing live hockey again at the beginning, but you want to take them out of it as quickly as possible and remind them that, Oh yeah, we're watching the no guaranteed thing Oilers. So we need to make, so, you know, they're going to, and they're going to be on the edge of their seats over that. So you need to, you need to kind of push the, push the mentality 
play a good road game, try and stay and yeah, stay out of the box and get your opportunity and make the most of your opportunities when you get them. Do you have any more uh, Big J journalist cliches you like to throw out well, there? You want you the Big J journalist of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get pucks in deep uh, 110%. I I want to see 110, not 109. I want to see 110. Um and uh I want to see 111. Yeah. 111. Wow. That's 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 bold. That's bold. That's a, that's you, a tough ask. Have you considered coaching? Have you considered think, uh have you ever considered a career coaching? <laughs> I, I like your note here, Lachlan. Oilers gonna oil. That's always that's always yeah. a good thing when you're Edmonton Oilers. Yes. That I mean, you saw it last year where you know there were times where it's like, oh, the Oilers should win this game and they should just walk right over you, and then all of a sudden Miko Koskinen lets in four goals on four shots. And it's like, oh, right, this is Edmonton. Like, and again, the Oilers are much better than they let themselves on to be. Uh, and sometimes they get away with uh, they get away with losing games that they really shouldn't. And frankly, you know, they shouldn't. Be, the Canucks shouldn't have uh, shouldn't be so easily in a lot of these games. But that's also because the Canucks play a really tough game, and they don't they don't really back down from opponents too often. So. Uh, you want to see them take advantage of like the, of this group and the fact that they might take the Oilers might take them a little lightly after playing them so many times. And also, uh, Rogers Place is basically your second arena, your second home arena in the last year and a half. So you know you should know this rink pretty well and the and the how the and how the ice goes and how the boards work. So you can get a lot more opportunities in this game if you're Vancouver than you might believe. Plus, the Oilers kind of have their version of the OEL Myers pairing in uh, Duncan Keith and Cody Cece, right? Like a kind of questionable second pairing, I would say. Which is that actually their pairing that they went I'm with? I'm pretty sure that... they were they were rocking that in the preseason. Duncan oh, Keith and Cody good. Cece. Oh, good! I love that. Yeah. <laughs> we love to see it. Um, um, I'm sure McDavid is licking his lips at uh, at OEL Myers at five on five if they ever oh, play each other. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how well OEL can keep up with McDavid. Like, if that is po- if that is even possible for him uh, anymore. Uh, I mean, he used to be because he used to be a very quick OEL used to be a very quick defenseman. Uh, not so much anymore, but it's it's not entirely possible that he's going to be completely like left in the dust. So I would like to see what he can do uh, against McDavid. He's probably getting some hard matchups against him for a lot of uh, tonight's game. And yeah, I'm looking at dailyfaceoff.com right now. You are right. It says Duncan Keith and Cody Cece on pairing number two. Um, if I'm Travis Green, that is uh, that seems like a great time to send the to send the lotto line over the boards when you can. If you see that group there, because well, they might feast on them. The uh, the lotto line with Alex Chase on that's going to be the the line tonight. Probably. Oh right? yeah. It, it, that this is the other big question: Is Alex Chase on gonna 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 to fully the Oilers here? Is he gonna go in and just score a hat trick in his first that's, game? That's a good question. Edmonton? I hope so. I also. I would. I would hope so too, because then maybe we could stop calling it a Toffoli and then call it a Jason instead. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you know what? I'll I'll settle for even the game winner against the Oilers tonight. I'll settle for a goal, <laughs> a yeah. goal, a point even from yeah. him. And, and you know what? And, and finally, Lachlan, you, you bring up a good point. I, I'm interested to see the the newcomers for this team, right? You mentioned Alex Chase on uh, just signed yesterday uh, from his PTO with the Canucks. You mentioned OEL, Connor Garland, another guy I'm interested to see, you know, Vasily Pod Colson, any, any of the new guys. I'm just interested to see how they play in their first meaningful act and game for the Vancouver Canucks, right? 
Yeah, I mean, you got Yuho Lamico probably coming into the drawing Fourth into line the center. lineup today. Fourth line center, yep, most likely today. And uh, obviously, Pud Colson is the big one, is going to be the big one. Although, you know, today especially, he's playing right now. They have him penciled in on the fourth line. Um, so clearly, they're not planning to use him right away in a very offensive uh, position. Yeah. Well, you didn't have a uh, great like, maybe, season, right? Maybe on the power play. Maybe he had a, he had an okay. He got better. He got much better as he went along. He just needs a little extra time to kind of get used to the NHL game. And this is this is really his first time playing in a proper NHL yeah. game. So it and that makes a huge difference. Um, I think Pud Colson is going to handle himself pretty well. I think this is a good place to to start him right away. You know, it's no pressure. You don't need to pressure him to be amazing right out of the gate. So. Um, there's no, there's no need to rush him into that kind of a position and he'll probably still get power play time. So he'll still get his opportunities. They'll just come at different points. Yeah. A lot of, lot of questions heading into this season and tonight's game against the Edmonton Oilers. Of course, puck drop is seven o'clock local time here in Vancouver. And we'll be back tomorrow to break down all the big talking points from, uh, tonight's game against the Edmonton Oilers, because I'm sure there's going to be plenty. It's usually how it works with the Vancouver Canucks. But that has it for today's episode of Locked On Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have full video episodes of every episode daily on our YouTube channel, so don't forget to subscribe. And make sure your second listen of the day is Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Collin leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms. See you tomorrow.